Behold, God is good and has set a star in the heavens to guide us to the truth. We follow it with joy, knowing that God will give us strength to climb the hills and sight to conquer the darkness. Behold, God is good and has promised us a Savior to lead us to righteousness. We await the Savior's coming with gladness and with expectation that in the holy birth, our lives may be renewed. If you can, please remain standing. Hear the words of the prophet. Surely God is my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Shout aloud, sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst of the Holy One of Israel. But we may rejoice, for the God has come to turn our weeping into laughter, our mourning into gladness. May the brightness of God's joy shine in our world, in our lives.
Good morning and welcome to worship here on this uh, rainy fourth Sunday of Advent. It's good to be here and to see you all and to be able to share together as we uh, worship uh, today. The, um, today being the last Sunday of, of Advent means that just a couple of days from now we will have a Christmas Eve service and celebrate then the, the uh, Holy Communion uh, by candlelight on Tuesday evening. So I hope you'll be able to be a part of that as we share together. I think everyone here, uh, for the most part, is home folks here, but we want to welcome those who may be guests and let you know that we're delighted that you're here and know that as you are, that we are a church in the middle of, of Southside in the heart of Five Points, seeking to build an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And so we are delighted that you're here today. We would like to welcome everyone by uh, passing the peace of Christ, and you may have to travel a little further than normal today to do that, but still, uh, we want you to do that too. If you have a chance to sign the, the um, well, we don't have that in here today. We have, we've gone to a, a new plan, and that is to use the cards that are in the back of the pew, and you'll see there, there's a place there where if you've got a prayer request that you want to make, or if there's a, a guest close by you that you would like to uh, to sign that for them or ask them to sign that, then we'll have a record of that attendance today. Take a moment now and pass the peace of Christ. As you're all greeting one another, I'm going to ask the, the children to come down for just a moment. We're going to have a, a brief children's time, too. So if, um, if they would come down, we'll have that time right before we have our invocation today. I'm not sure that the children heard, but if you want to come down now, we'll have a, a time together. Harper, Caitlin, Jamie, you want to come down for our children's time? Millicent? I think the, most of them are over here, so we'll come over this way this time. Okay. You know, I want to know, I, I think that I remember this, I'm not sure I do, so it'll be a sort of, a, of a, uh, an effort, but I, I know that you've heard this before about the legend of the important setting. Have you heard that legend? Now, I'm sure if there were teachers here like Miss Bonnie or uh, Miss Dawn, they could tell that, they probably know it uh, forwards and backwards several times over. Miss Bonnie, you know it, don't you? The legend of the poor and sevia. Well, come on down. <laughs> well, uh, let me, I'll do my best, okay? You correct me if I get it wrong. Um, there was, it, the origin of this uh, particular plant is in Mexico. And it's a, a natural plant there. And it's, as you see, it's very beautiful. And this year, Mr. Buddy got these for us, and they are really special this year. These look really beautiful. Well, on Christmas Eve, as the legend goes, in a particular village, everyone comes and brings these plants and they, well, some gift, not these plants necessarily. They bring a gift and they put it there by the manger at the, in the um, nativity scene there at the church. And so everyone would come. Well, there were two children Pablo and Maria, and both of them wanted to participate. But they really didn't have anything to bring. Didn't have anything to take and give to, to present to the Christ child. And so they go and they start to the church to, to participate in the program. And along the way, they become so 
distraught over the fact they don't have anything. They said, well, you know, we'll just get something and take. And they pick up some small green plants, grassy plants that are on the side of the road. Some of you look like you've heard this before, have you? No? Okay. Anyway, they carry these grassy plants, and they go in there, and when they go into the church, though, people begin to look at them, and they say, the, the people there, the other members of the church, they start looking and say, why are they bringing all that, that dirt and grass in here? There's, there's nothing pretty about it. It's sort of just green grass, and everybody else has brought a nice gift to put before the manger. And as they carry them in, they put them down, and they're looking at their, um, at their little plants they brought, and all of a sudden something amazing happens. It's a miracle because there's a glow in the room, and all of a sudden the grass, the grassy plants they have, the leaves began to turn bright red. The bright red that adorned the sanctuary that we have here, but also the white uh, plants as well. And there's a lot of other parts to the story about the legend of the leaves, about the, the red being for the blood of Christ, and the white being purity, and the star being the star of Bethlehem. You see this right in the middle? See the, they're about to bloom there? How many, how many are there? Look, count that right there. In the middle, around the middle, and there's a spot. Look right here where my thumb is. What do you see, Millicent? Five of them around one, right? There's five different little blooms going to be coming out of that one. So the star of David is what that represents. And so the poinsettia became a traditional plant to, to have at Christmas because of its beauty, but also because of, of that legend that made it even more special. And to remember that all of this, whatever it is here, is God's creation. And we use all of those things to bring honor and glory unto him. So anything else? Did anyone else know anything about the plants that has been... Did you get that? Yeah. Flower of Christmas Eve. I got that part. And it was Dr. Poinsettia who brought it to the U.S. He was an ambassador of Mexico in what, early, not early, I forgot how long ago, 150 years, something like that, uh, and brought it. So the flower of Christmas. So remember that. And so when you see these, and today everyone's going to carry some of these home. They, people, different people have provided these. They're going to take those and take it home and so they'll be able to have it at home and to, to share together and to remember that it's a uh, beautiful plant that's uh, remembered to be a part of our Christmas tradition. Let's bow together. Lord, we thank you for this time together, for the beauty of these plants, but also the reminder that um, everything of this about this season is about you and about what you have done for all of us by sending your own son into the world. Bless these children. May they have a wonderful Christmas this year and years to come. In your name I pray. bow with me for our prayer of invocation. Lord, we bow before you with an eagerness to present ourselves, our whole lives before you. Praying, Lord, that you would receive our worship today. May your presence be evident to all of us. And may we lift our voices and open our hearts your movement now for it's in your name I pray Amen
first scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7 and then 17 through 19. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call upon your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Our second reading, the gospel reading for today is found in the gospel according to Matthew, the first chapter. We'll be reading verses 18 through 25. And immediately following this, we'll have our um, prayer, so may you, you may remain standing for that uh, today. So in honor of the gospel as it's read, would you please stand? Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but he had no marital relations with her until she had become, had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. On this fourth Sunday of Advent, we come before the Lord, and may you join me in prayer as we do lift our voices in corporate prayer, and we bow together. Loving and gracious Lord, from whom we receive the gift of life, the one who sustains life day by day and through whom we 
find meaning in life. We praise your holy name. Oh Lord, our spirits are stirred as we are engaged in this season of Advent and how the excitement has heightened over the days. For we anticipate and we celebrate remembering the birth of our Savior, even Jesus Christ, the Lord. It was a birth that signaled that a great light had come, a light that dispels darkness, a light that darkness cannot overcome. Oh, Lord, we have seen and experienced your light, the light of your love embodied in the person of Jesus, the light of your love that is with us even now. And yet, merciful God, we know that we also have missed the mark. We confess that we continue to walk in the shadows, a place that many of us have become far too comfortable with. Forgive us, Lord, for being so focused on the temporal that we neglect the eternal. Forgive us for being so concerned about our own wants that we fail to see the needs of others. Forgive us for losing focus in the frenzy of activities this season as we engage in them in our families. Help us, loving God, to regain and understand a greater and deeper understanding of the simplicity and the profundity of our Savior's birth. Oh, Lord, may the light of your love penetrate our hearts. May it soften them and may there be a rekindling in them of a passion to embrace again the reality that we celebrate today, the birth of the Christ child. Renew within us a right spirit. And may we worship you in spirit and in truth, even as we, your children, voice to you our prayer as Jesus taught those close to him to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
mess you up to come and sing today. But we're glad to have you back home, right? This is your home. Although Seattle is not where you live, this is still your church home. So we're, we uh, love you and we're glad you're back here today. Today on this fourth Sunday of Advent, I know that you all have other things on your mind probably. You've got a lot of different activities you need to take care of. Hopefully you've gotten most of those done, but they always weigh heavy on us this time of the year. All the shopping that was done, all the things that have to be in place, the family coming, the uh, cooking that needs to be, the runs to the grocery store, all those things that have to be done in order for everyone to enjoy and have a wonderful Christmas, or so we think. It feels that way, and we try to do our very best to make sure that all those things are done, and I think there's certainly a, it's certainly appropriate to do that. Today, is on this fourth Sunday, it's a Sunday in which we see Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, take center stage, at least in our reading. The Matthew's Gospel uh, does not say a whole lot about Jesus' birth other than uh, bits and pieces. We hear more of that in Luke's uh, presentation of the, of the Nativity. But in Matthew, we hear this about Joseph, and we learn some amazing things. You know, if you look at or you Google this, wedding's gone wrong. Joseph's wedding might be there, but you'll see all kind of other weddings there for sure. You'll read about weddings but that people are complaining about because of the venue, the groom's family being complained about by the bride's family, the bride's family being complained about by the groom's family, people that arrived way too late, some that didn't even come, and sometimes that's the bride. Dresses that don't fit, shoes that didn't make it, on and on, and sometimes even complain about the minister and the fact that there was words that were not supposed to be there that were. You know, those words that we always make sure we leave out now, which is probably a good thing when we're taking our vows about obey. We leave those out, and it's a good thing. But those particular ideas about weddings are things that we know in this temporal world and in our contemporary society. Those are the kind of things that are really first world problems, I think. And what we're talking about today is about one in a different kind of world, a totally different kind of world. So on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we're on the cusp of the Christmas celebrations, Christmas Eve services, Christmas Day services, some of you may attend. And we hear and read about the birth of Jesus as it takes place, but more than that, it's about Joseph and what he does and why he does it. The text tells us that Joseph is a righteous man. And when we read this, we think he must be because we read the text and it says that Joseph was betrothed to Mary. It was a contract, basically. They had been engaged, they'd been through that process, and now later they are entering into a betrothal, which is another step in that process, a little more binding, and in order to back out of that, it would necessitate some kind of declaration to be presented. In the meantime, as Mary goes to visit her sister, Elizabeth, and then comes back to Nazareth, Joseph noticed something different about her. She's with child. And he's determined, trying to determine what he's going to do about that issue. And he thinks about it and meditates on it, concerned about it, but he decides that the right thing to do is to dismiss her quietly. And he is resolved to do that. And so, as he is making plans for that, of course, he goes to sleep and he has this dream, and it's a very vivid dream with some very direct instructions. The angel says to Joseph, be not afraid, basically. 
Don't be afraid to take Mary for your wife. The baby she is carrying is of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a strong message. It's one that if I woke up from a dream, I would have to get some bearing on. I'm not sure I would have believed it immediately. But Joseph seems to respond in a way that is, is in keeping with his character. It says that Joseph was, was a righteous man. He was upright. He was just. He was concerned about things around him other than just himself. And so we hear Joseph receiving a message about a baby just like two others had in, his, in the history of, of Israel, um, specifically Abraham and, and Zechariah. Abraham and Sarah up in years and Zechariah and Elizabeth also both received messages about a child that would be born. And what they were supposed to do when that child was born. And so now Joseph receives a message saying, do not be afraid to take her as your wife. You know, when we think about it, the, the amount of pressure that was, would have been on Joseph was, was immense. It would have brought great anxiety to him as we talked in our Sunday school class today about the the um, tongue wagging that would have gone on. Even the journey from Nazareth to, Jeru to uh, Bethlehem would have been one in which they may have traveled with other people, but very likely they could have been ostracized even from them because we like to show distinctions between people. We like to find those and single people out sometimes and push them aside. And so this is the case with Mary and Joseph as they travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem where they would be counted in the census. He says a lot more to Joseph in this message too because he says, you are to name the child Jesus. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew word Joshua. And just as Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land, also there was a Joshua, the high priest, and when they came back out of exile, who was an intermediary. He basically interceded for the people of Israel and offered prayers and prayed that God would forgive the sins of all of Israel. And so it is in that same vein that we see this one that the angel says you're to name Jesus as also being in the same kind of, of vein as Joshua, one who saves. It actually does mean those very things, that it is that, that Hebrew word, Yahweh, which means God saves or um, Yahweh saves. But there's more to that also. He not only says that, he says that not only does he save or will save people from their sins, he says this, the child will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, I don't know about you, but I know to me that brings great comfort. God with us. God with us in all experiences of life, whatever we face. God with us. You know, that's the words spoken here by Matthew or written by Matthew are also the words he closes his whole book out with when he says, in Jesus' words as he's speaking to his disciples as he departs from them, surely I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. God with us, now, tomorrow, and forever. But the comfort that we find, I believe, is in the reassurance of his presence with us in all these events. And sometimes it can be a bit difficult to to process if we think about it in general terms, but when we get down to specifics and we think about the presence of God, God with us in a devastating illness, in a debilitating accident, the death of a loved one, the termination of employment that makes you question your own worth, a divorce, Alienation from family because of your sexual orientation. God is with us. 
God is with us as we age and lose the ability to do the things we once could. It's with us as one of our Sunday school members said, I've got more memory now than I had because I think I'm creating some new memories as I get older. God is with us to experience those things, and it's not that God causes those particular events to take place, but in the midst of all of that, God is with us. God is with us to uphold us, to strengthen us, to walk with us, to give us encouragement. And a lot of that comes through the voices, the lives of those who walk alongside and who lift us up. Fear not, he says to Joseph. And it's the same kind of word he says to us. Fear not, for I'm with you always. God is with us always. In this passage, or in Luke's um, passage about the nativity, we see that fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. Fear not, Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer has been heard. Fear not, Joseph, son of David. Fear not to take Mary to be your wife. I wonder if I could have responded the way that Joseph did. And I invite you to think the same thing. Fear does strange things to us. Fear can be debilitating. It can cause us to lose sight of that which is really important. It causes us to imagine things that aren't there. It causes us to question things that are there in ways that bring greater fear and greater anxiety. Of all this is said in this passage, I think that for Joseph to hear the message of fear not, for I am with you, was one he went back to time and time again. Traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem with his wife who is very near the end of her or time for delivery of this child. And knowing that he does so, he is carrying her in a very difficult place and also knowing that the child that he is, that she carries within her is the Messiah. The amount of, of weight that was upon his shoulders was tremendous. Fear not, Joseph. Take heart, I'm with you. And so the same message comes to us. When we are nudged to do a particular task or we're, we're, something is revealed to us and we try to find a way to offer an excuse or not me, it would be consistent with those, many of those in the Bible if we did offer a multitude of excuses, even like Moses who said, I can't do that, I won't do that, get someone else, or Jonah who was supposed to go to the Ninevites and said, no, I don't think so, and then he just doesn't go. Well, that was his plan. When we listen and we follow the guidance of God, Life is so much more rewarding because as we respond to the nudging of the Spirit, the Lord can use you and motivate you and the love of God, the joy that is ours in Him flows through us and touches the lives of those around us. And we see it and, it's a, and we're able to be a part of it. Not that we're favored any more than another, but rather because we have the opportunity to be there because of no other reason than God is with us. As we celebrate Christmas and we think about a child that is born into, a, into a, a stable, we think about the vulnerability and the, the questions that people would have asked, the wonder about this whole event there's only one thing we can conclude, that God was with Mary and Joseph 
But that same God is the same one that is with you, whatever you're going through today. It's the same God that says, I am with you. Not only do I save, but I also journey with you through every event, regardless of the difficulty, regardless of the pain, I am there. For that, we can take heart. And we can enter into a time where we celebrate the presence of Christ, knowing that it was through the Christ child that God's love was made most manifest. We see it, we experience it, we embrace it, and we know that we too are loved by God. And that brings great joy and great wonder to the very depths of our soul. For that, we can be thankful. Would you bow with me, please? Oh, Lord, for these moments together, we give you thanks. For the word through song that reminds us of the giftedness of all people, but also reminds us that you are with us. That you speak to us in various ways. You quicken our spirits. May we listen with a sensitive heart, attentive ears, and a willingness of spirit to fear not, for you are with us. Amen. Today our hymn of promise. Hymn number 102, Joy to the World, the Lord is Come. As we sing that, I'll be here if there's a decision you want to make or a prayer request that you might have. with me please our father in heaven we are indeed fortunate on this fourth Sunday of Advent to celebrate and anticipate the coming of the Christ child we pray we are worthy to receive the grace of you God the Father the healing of Jesus Christ your son and the blessed presence of the Holy Spirit may our tithes and offerings be used for your greater good in Christ's name we pray, amen.
of your love for us, for your presence with us, for our desire to show our love and devotion to you. We present these tithes and offerings. May you use them, O Lord, for your kingdom's good. Amen. Be seated for just a moment, please. Thanks again for the, all the, the choir and all the music. so great to have Teray back. Gosh, we miss him, don't we, Tim? Love you. Uh, Tuesday, Christmas Eve is six o'clock. Mm -hmm. Six o'clock. Make a Christmas request. I want everybody to come a little closer Christmas Eve. I can't see anymore, so I'm not even sure if that's Jeff back there, my page turner from last week. I think it is. Uh, Faith is going to sing A Holy Night, and then have a little Christmas, um, hope you don't mind me doing this, it just really hit me while I was sitting there listening to your sermon, I have a little Christmas shopping advice for you, um, I was getting really frustrated with the whole thing, I was listening to Tim, you know Joseph is a dad, yeah. right, he stands in for all those stepdads, and still a real dad, oh, yeah. um, anyway, shopping was, oh my gosh, what am I going to get? I complained to my wife about it, and um, uh, I don't know what to get my dad. Uh, he's 90. I don't know what to get him. I just said to call him. I called him up and said, Dad, what do you want? And um, he gave me the best Christmas gift I've gotten in so long. He said, um, I need you to get your mom a Christmas birthday present because her birthday is December 25th. And she needs a lap blanket. Apparently, they disappear in the memory care center. She needs a lap blanket with her name on it. So I had a mission. So I thought I'd just share my Christmas shopping advice. If you're tired, if you're upset, if you don't know what to get, there's something special out there. Give them a lap blanket. That's right. Lap blanket with your name on it. <laughs> meant the world to me. I know it did. Thanks for letting me share that. Okay. Thank you, Kenny. We will be here at 6 o'clock on um, Tuesday evening, so I hope that you'll be here for the communion, Candlelight Communion. It'll be a, always a favorite service for many of us as we gather together, and um, it's just a tender time as we share that together. Um, also, I um, hope that you have a wonderful, those who can't be here, that you have a wonderful Christmas, that you have time with family, and, and that in all of that, that you remember that, yes, God is with us, and he has graced us with his love and his mercy, and that he showers that upon us daily. We have all of that to be thankful for, with us today, tomorrow, and forever. And now as we go forth, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the love of God our Father, the grace of Christ our Savior, and the fellowship of the Spirit enfold you and go with you for now and evermore. Amen.